Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, by now, we have all heard or seen some of the video where a bunch of out of control parents went berserk during a youth baseball game of seven-year-olds in Colorado. Now, why did these moms and dads lose their minds and start a major scrum on the field in front of all their little kids? Because the umpire, who was all of 13, apparently made a controversial call regarding one of the children batting out of order. Now, I, I want you to think about this for a moment. A bunch of grown-ups, adults, went absolutely nuts at a game of seven-year-olds because a young teenager, a 13-year-old, made a difficult call. Now, of course, certainly this kind of thing has happened many, many times before all over the country, including around here, over the last 20 or 25 years. It's become part and parcel of the American sports scene. I mean, and in fact, I can recall some years ago, I appeared on uh, Oprah Winfrey's then very popular show for an hour in which a a bunch of home videos were shown, like the one you saw from Colorado, uh, and parents are are basically attacking other parents at a kid's game, or they're attacking the referees or the umpires, or they're attacking coaches. It was all stunning stuff. In fact, you can go on YouTube these days and find countless videos of parents out of control. Anyhow, I I remember Oprah telling me on the show, you know, Rick, I don't know much about sports and I don't have any kids, but I do know that sports parents are clearly out of control in this country. Again, this was probably 10, 15 years ago. And she, of course, was absolutely correct. And as noted, this kind of over-the-top obnoxious behavior has been going on for decades. So on today's show, I really want to get into this, and I want to talk, uh, ask some really difficult and tough questions of you because, obviously, this has to come to an end. Number one, why do sports parents have such low boiling points? And, and why do they turn to punching and obscenities if they feel their young athlete has somehow been wronged in a kid's game? And number two, as an adult, as a grown-up, have you ever been tempted to step up and intervene and actually say something to another adult in the stands if you feel their behavior or language has crossed the line? Now, let's start with those two basic questions. I, I, know, I, have, uh, I know I have personally have stepped up on occasion when I've been at a kid's game and I felt that a parent or, for that matter, uh, even high school students at a, at a basketball game or a soccer match, if I feel they've gone too far, yeah, I feel it's an incumbent responsibility upon me 
as an adult to say something because ultimately if we don't, if we just sort of stand off to the side and just look the other way, we become in effect basically giving a blessing to that really out of control behavior. And I want to, I want to get into this a little bit because it has to stop. And I do have some suggestions and they're a bit tough, no question about it, as to what we should think about doing when it comes to uh, stopping this kind of behavior when we get uh, back into school in the fall. one 337 that, of course, is our number. Now, I know that somebody this morning will point out that if you take your young son or daughter to a, pro, a professional sporting event, whether it's a football game or baseball or whatever it might be, you'll need to bring along some, some earmuffs for your child because they're going to be inundated with all sorts of profanity surrounding them in the stands. And that's true. I mean, to me, that's a major part of this issue as well. Fans pay hundreds of dollars for a precious ticket, and somehow they they feel that by paying for that ticket, that entitles them to scream every X-rated word they can think of at the players on the field, not caring about the, the people sitting around them. That's a concern. In fact, you know, how, how we... How is, is this a societal thing? Yeah, I mean, if you go if you go back and look online at some of the old uh, black and white photos of Major League Baseball games from, let's say, the 1950s, especially the World Series games, 1950s, what you'll see is that the vast majority of fans are in the stands are wearing suits, they're wearing jackets and ties. I mean, they 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 went to the games that it was it was a big deal. And there was no out-of-control behavior. I remember my, my dad used to tell me that going to Yankee Stadium back then was a, was a huge deal. And adults and their kids were dressed for the event as though they were going to church on a Sunday morning. And, of course, nobody ever swore or cursed out loud. But, again, things have changed. Today our sporting society has evolved, quote-unquote, into free-for-alls and fisticuffs at our kids' games when will it ever end? Well, I think we're going to have to step up and put some, some rules, some stiff regulations into, into, uh, into operation and make sure they're enforced. Okay, let, let's talk about this. Let's, um, let's start our conversation this morning with Chris out in Queens. Hey, Chris, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. How are you? Good, Chris. Uh, this topic actually does uh, hit home. I'm a parent of uh, three kids, and I recently have been coaching my son's 10-11 uh, baseball, baseball league. And uh, in my personal experience as a coach, what I've noticed is um, there's a duality, too, that, that exists where you have kids that are acting out of control and parents that are acting out of control. And the one example I have, the most recent one, was where I had, I had players from other teams knocking boys on my team and talking poorly about the umpire mm-hmm. to which I to which I stepped in and I said you know very very delicately or as delicately as I could you know hey guys you know what why don't you let the umpire handle the call let the umpire handle the call and there's a third time of saying it to the boys you know firm but fair the coach from the other team said to me stop yelling at these boys now <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a former as a former teacher in Brooklyn and a current law enforcement in Queens, yeah. trust me, I, you'll know when I'm yelling. And I certainly <laughs> wasn't yelling at these boys, but I found it very interesting because th- at the same time, I was then afforded the opportunity to coach some of these kids in the All-Star game where I took the reins. And 
it was a completely different atmosphere. So it really just starts with the leadership, both from the coaching and from the parents, because if you have a good, strong leader and you have somebody that sets a good, positive tone, I feel like everything is going to fall into place. But, you know, things break down real easy when you don't have good, strong, solid, firm, but fair leadership, somebody that's going to step in and try to show these kids the right way to do things. So well, that's it. I'm, I want to hear you. I want to hear your comments. Okay. Well, Chris, thank you for, for that, that uh, intriguing insight. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's incumbent. I guess that's what I'm saying. It's incumbent upon people who are parents, who are grown-ups, adults, uh, to, as Chris says, to sort of step up onto that leadership role. You know, the kids, the kids will basically respond uh, to the behavior they see around them. And, and if, if you are letting them get away with anything they want to do uh, in terms of their, how their actions or, or saying nasty things about their opponents or about uh, umpires or referees, unless somebody stops that and that falls upon you, then it's just going to continue. And, and I, I agree with Chris that this is something that maybe perhaps we've sort of shovel off to the side uh, of the last uh, decade or so, and, and the kids just don't understand there is a right way and a wrong way to conduct themselves uh, when, they, when they play sports in this country. And if we, again, if, we, if they see parents, you know, yelling and screaming and, and using profanity and coming out of the stands to fight other parents or, or whatever – Kids are going to think that's how sports is supposed to be played because, let's face it, they, they see and they basically copy and emulate what we do. It's as simple as that. Let's move on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Frank in North, uh, North Massapequa. Frank, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, my brother. And You couldn't be more right today. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's been a problem, and it seems like it's been escalating. Almost, I, not almost, out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you the headline version of what happened. I coached, um, I helped coach uh, 13 year olds, 12, 13 year olds, okay, and uh, in, in baseball. It wasn't a travel team, it was just a basic league. So, because of those basic leagues, they have bats that are illegal and illegal. We all know that, right? Uh-huh. So, um, they were labeled USA or Triple S, USSSA, are the illegal bats. So, as we're playing, we, we're late in the game. We, all, we know the other batters. We know how they get hit and how well they get hit. And being well, baseball players ourselves and softball players, we know the sounds of the balls that come off the bat, whether the bats are illegal. At least it, it, get, it catches your attention. So this kid on the other team obviously hits the ball a mile. You heard it. Beautiful ball. Ball's gone. Home run. The whole team was going crazy. We, now, us as coaches, we looked at each other. We go, check the bat. So we go... And we felt bad. We don't want to. We don't want to be home wreckers, okay? But so we look at the bat, and of course it's illegal. Yeah. And I look at the umpire. I go, "You got to call the kid out. It's an illegal bat. He knows it." So now here come we're, the, we're we're ruining the party, okay? Uh, yeah, that's so, all right. Yeah. So you know, so then when he ends and he calls the guy out, the other guys have to go back on base. It was two men on base, whatever. So the guy goes, "Well, it's not illegal." I said, "It's illegal bat," and nobody hit. I said, "This is what I said. It's an illegal bat. Nobody can hit the ball that far with illegal bats." As soon as I said that, the father came out of the stands. I don't, I'm not obviously I'm not going to curse. I'm going to give you the, what he said. What are you telling me? My son can't hit the ball like that. I said. <laughs> I said. Excuse me. I said. Excuse me. I'm sorry. It's. I'm not. It's not a personal attack on your son. I'm just saying you can't hit a ball. I mean, I can't hit the ball like that unless it's one of those special bats. Yeah. I said. And listen, that's not the case. The case. He was coming at me. I'm a grown man. He's a grown man. He's coming at me like I slapped his son. He was going to come at me. 
And I looked at him, I, I said, I, I apologize, but these are all the rules. And I looked at the umpire, like, now I want him to say something. Like, say something, say the kid's out, and this is the rule, and that's it. End of story. And, and you're the parent, you shouldn't be talking anyway. And these guys coming on the field feeling entitled to, this is not, if you want to coach, come, please come coach. If not, please stay on the side and let us coach, because we're volunteers. And it's come to the point where these people have felt like when they do this in front of the kids, and the kids are now yelling at me, and I'm looking at them saying, you know, I don't need this. This is, this is voluntary. Well, Frank, what, yeah. what, are, what are the umpire doing all this? Well, you know, these umpires are umpires that are, uh, they, they, are uh, they work at different fields, at different levels of play, because they're, they're like renter now, umpire. Of course. So they're like, so, you know, so they're like, is that the rule? I'm like, yes. That's as USA. The triple S's are illegal. Right. And the rule is that they should be called out. And? So he looks at me and he looks at the other coach, and the other coach is obviously emotional and doesn't want to, maybe knows the parent and doesn't want to be the bad guy too. Sure. He goes, I'm not, and he throws up the I'm not sure. So uh, now I now we have to be the, even more of that guy to right, make it seem right. like we're, it's a personal attack. So it, it just instead of just being like I'm sorry, but it, the funniest thing out of the whole thing, the kids who play travel and who play on that team know better than the parents on what bats they can or cannot. Well, do. I was just going to get to that because again, you're talking about 13 year old kids, right? 13 year old boys. Yeah, they're big yeah. boys. Yeah. They, they can hit the ball, you know. Frank, let me let me. Uh, um, let me stop you right there because I'm looking at a break here. But thank you for – that's exactly the kind of situation we're talking about. God bless you. Have a great day and a great weekend, brother. Th- thank thanks, you. Frank. You know, and that's what we're talking about. It's a microcosm where, you know, the kid of his 13-year-old, uh, as Frank points out, he probably has a pretty good idea that he's using an illegal bat. And, yeah, the kid obviously a good hitter, obviously made pretty good contact, apparently hit the ball a long way over the fence. So, But to, to use an illegal bat, that's not good. The umpire between all this is a father comes out of the stands. He's taking it personally, like you, you think my kid is a cheater or whatever. Okay, now we got a problem. Uh, the, the the opposing coach doesn't want to get in the middle of this, and the umpire doesn't want to get in the middle of it either. This is what I'm talking about. We've lost a sense of civility where anybody can come out at any time on the field and cause a free-for-all because somebody feels that somebody else is, is being accused of cheating. And that's where, well, we'll talk about this after I come back uh, from uh, John Minko's update. Talk about some suggestions that I think we ought to seriously consider now when it comes to to parental behavior at our kids' games. Because, yeah, I do fear we're going to have some real serious situations evolve, uh, you know, if we don't put a real stop to this and a a real cold stop to this right now. All right, 1-877-337-6666. When I return, I'll go right back to your calls. Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Uh, Thanks very much, Aaron. Back here on the Sports Edge, I'm Rick Wolf. We're talking this morning about this this, this problem that not only doesn't go away, but gets worse and worse, it seems, every year. We're talking about out-of-control parents at uh, at kids' sporting events. Uh, And and we're taking your calls, of course, at 1-877-337-6666. I will tell you this, and you've heard me say this Many times on the show, I am a huge, firm believer in zero tolerance. And the way that works with with parents at at, uh, youth games or high school games, it's very simple. You empower the referees, the officials, the umpires to literally stop the game at any time. And they can uh, basically eject an obnoxious fan uh, from uh, from from the venue. It's as simple as that. Trust me, this works. 
Uh, he just have to basically empower that that uh, official, that uh, ref umpire, to say, okay, timeout, you over there in the red shirt, you are gone, or this game is forfeit. And, you know, it, 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 the, the power of, of peer pressure and the power of being singled out for being out of control, it, it's huge. And in addition, and this is the, this is the real critical part of this, when, when, a, when a parent is ejected from a game, he or she is gone for the rest of the season. Not just that game, not just that game and the next one. No, you're gone for the rest of the season because you have obviously have abused the privilege of coming to watch young kids play sports. And, and you know, if you're a grown-up in our society, you have to abide by the laws of the land. And one of the basic laws of going to watch kids playing Little League Baseball or AAU basketball or high school sports, soccer, whatever it might be, is you got to know how to behave yourself. And if you're out of control and, and, and just foaming at the mouth with profanity and you're in the, the referee or umpire's face, you are gone. And just leave now and don't come back until next year because you've been banned. And that has to be enforced. If we don't start doing that, we're going to have more and more outrageous situations. Let's get back to our calls. Let's go to uh, Alex in Manhattan. Hi, Alex. You're on the fan. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been coaching since 2007, mainly from 9 to 16. And this year, I took a hiatus for four years when I got married because I, I wanted to dedicate to my kids. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want my kids to follow baseball because of me. Now my daughter wants to play baseball. I'm a coach in Peewee. I disagree a little bit with you with empowering, um, umpiring, and officials. I believe more, and I'm an example, both on the coach. Us coaches, we want to win too bad. We cater to the kids. We recruit. I have a philosophy. I don't recruit. We have team rules. Mm-hmm. My parents don't misbehave. If my parents misbehave, I give them a warning, and the next time, I, if you don't leave the park, I throw your kid out of the game, you throw out the, of my team. You throw the kid off out the of team. My, out of the team. Okay. So that, that, takes, that takes the parent to a different. Now they got to think about the kid. Here, my parents are not allowed. I'm from a lower east side. I don't want to mention too much, but my parents are only allowed to say positive thing about their kids and about the opposition. Um, we don't worry. I don't worry about winning, and I teach fundamentals. So I told them at the beginning of the season, I told the parents, if you're worrying about winning, please find another team because I'm going to prep all my pitchers, all my, all my, all my players for, to play all the bases on the fundamentals so when they go up, they, they're prepared. So it's not about winning. We're going to lose a lot of games where pitchers are throwing a lot of balls and we're going to score. We're going to lose. The parents are okay. So I have rules in place. This time, is, if you don't come to practice, you don't play. If you don't do, if you don't do your baseball homework at home, like in school, right. you don't get to pitch. So the parents, they love it. I even have a famous actor. I'm not going to say the name. Yeah. And he said, he, look, I get goosebumps. He said to me, he said, I appreciate you as a coach. We don't have coaches that really care about the kids. They care about winning. Well, Alex, and I never had a problem. I'm sorry. I never had a problem with the, with the, with the umpire because I don't argue with the umpires. I taught my kids. I, I take all my kids. I'm sorry I'm taking too long. I take all my kids to home plate. And I show him six inches out everywhere. <laughs> I say, can the umpire call the strike here? They says, yeah, can you hit the ball here? Yeah, so hit the ball. Don't complain. Well, If this one foot away... The umpire won't call it, so we take the umpire away. So we don't argue with the umpire. And at the end of the game, we're always having fun. We don't, we don't worry about winning. 
So the kids already follow that. The parents already follow that. Let me let me because stop you there, Alex. Let me stop you there because Sorry. obviously this is uh, what we're talking about. This is the way youth sports used to be run, where, where basically it was all about, especially at the younger ages, about developing skills and mastering a sense of confidence in one's abilities. The winning is, sure, winning is fun, but that wasn't the top priority. And to your point, as, as more and more parents have gotten more, they've gotten more, um, I guess, accustomed to thinking, I want to accelerate my kids' development in baseball. Now winning's a top priority. No, no it's, it's all getting out of control. Uh, and Alex, the, the th- coaches. But, well, I'm saying the coaches, coaches don't understand. Even the wrong, the coaches give the parents the wrong impression. Let's say, for example, look, look. Before I finish, because I don't know if I'm going to get loan, but if I win the lotto, I told my wife half of the money will be to fix lower east side baseball. Look, my name is Alex Exavez, and I'll, you will hear me from me in the future. But this is the point: the coaches they recruit play good players just to win. So no, they I, don't have to work. We understand that. And, and, so that's, they, and let me stop you there, Alex, because i got to take some more calls here. But, yeah, I get your point. And, obviously, we want people like yourself to basically get this back to a more commonsensical, logical approach to teaching the game because the winning will take care of itself as the kids get to be in high school. Look, I, I, I firmly believe that the winning becomes more and more of the top priority once the kids make the high school varsity but not when they're in Little League. That's, that's, that's like a byproduct of having fun. But if, if the coaches, we know this, too many coaches think it's all about winning, and the parents basically buy into that as well. And so things aren't going right, and kids make errors or strike out or can't throw strikes. All of a sudden, you're building up a certain amount of tension and stress where people are going to go nuts, and, and that's, that's a problem. So, again, I do think zero tolerance is something. I'm not so sure about banning a kid from the team. You can ban the parents if they're out of control, but it's not fair to pick on a kid because the kid, you know, the kid didn't choose his or her parents. <laughs> That's just the way it comes out in life. So be careful with that. But the parents should know better. They should know better. Let's move on. Let's go to Ocean County. Brian, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Coach. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I just think that for the first time, too, we also have generations of people who have been playing sports and therefore, you have a lot more parents, even grandparents, who feel a lot of jaded or they're very insecure about their shortcomings, and they project it onto their kids. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a lot more people that want their kids to, to succeed, so they're going a little bit further and farther above and beyond. I've, I've been a swimming coach for high school and club for 20 years, and I, we don't really get that too much in my sport. Right. But my kids are now, they're growing up, but a lot of people are just projecting their insecurities on their kids to give them an advantage, as though... It's like being better at eight or nine or ten is going to make you a better adult for some reason, which does not try, does not correlate, in my opinion. Right. So I really appreciate your show, Coach. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thanks, Brian. And yeah, I, I, thanks for the call and the comments. Yeah, I mean there are there are sports out there where the parental interference is sort of minimized because it, you're the, it's all about the clock and it's hard to argue with the kid's performance in swimming because. He or she is, you know, racing against other swimmers, and they're racing against a, a, a time, a clock. It happens, obviously, in track and field as well. But the other sports, particularly team sports, or, uh, you know, it, it's, it gets a little more complicated because, obviously, it gets down to coaches' subjective evaluation. Those are real concerns. Let, uh, let's move on. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to our buddy Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Jack, good morning. What do you think? Well, Rick, first of all, I think we should go back to the 50s because 
if everybody wears their best clothes, nobody will want to fight because they won't want to ruin their best clothes. Correct. But, you know, the fun, the funny thing about it is, is that your last caller, you know, talked about warnings. Well, if you give a warning to every parent, that means 18 times you're going to give a warning. I like your theory of no tolerance. You know, at the beginning of each year, um, when I was coaching, I had team meetings, and I had team meetings with the kids and the parents, and I set the rules down. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about it is is that, you know, when there are rules, um, you know, people understand them a little bit better. Maybe they'll think twice about what they're going to do. I mean, I always talk to you about when I was mentoring kids in school, I gave them a card that said, think before you speak and think before you act. And what you should think about are the consequences that what you're going to say or do. Well, the problem is, is that there's never any consequences. You know, never put a coach in the pressure of having to take care of his fans. That's the umpire's job. But what happens is in this seven-year-old game, you had a 13-year-old kid. You know, how is he going to, you know, develop any type of um, leadership when everybody's 30 years older than him? Yeah. You know, the point is, is that one of the things that you said before was was right on right on the money. Once a parent is removed, they're gone for the year. And never, ever punish a kid for their father or mother's actions because they're punished enough by having to sit there and witness their parents acting inappropriately. Have a team meeting at the beginning of the year and – Sorry, let's go back to your first question real quick. Why? Well, that first guy with the illegal bat, that gives us our answer. Because his kid was being reprimanded or told that he was using an illegal bat. So why do parents act the way they do? Because they're protecting their kids. But in the same mean, they got to understand that your actions, whether it's positive or negative, are going to take a toll on your son or daughter. Well, Jack, All right, so when you act inappropriate, go ahead. Let's go back to that situation with the kid, the 13-year-old, who by that point should know better. If uh, he was using an illegal bat, apparently he was. Um, right. You know, a generation ago, if a kid cheats in a game and is caught at it, uh, and, and the, the, the parent is in the stands, when that kid gets home that night after the game, the parent is going to basically... Let the kid know how wrong, how embarrassing that was. You can't, you can't exactly. cheat in life. You know, basically, the the, the parent is going to take, is going to is going to side with the umpire or the opposing coach about how embarrassing this was to be be a cheater. Today, it's a one eighty. The parent says, "No, no, no, no. My kid didn't cheat. My kid's a great hitter. Exactly. How dare you accuse my kid of cheating?" Somehow, we've lost well, that 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 sense of decorum, of protocol. Of, of knowing what to do the right thing. And that, that's what I find to be so distressing. You know, one of the things that you said before at the beginning of the show was, what are we going to do about it? Yes. Well, you came up with a, a solution, and I think it's a good solution. I mean, you know, if you are removed, first of all, one of the things that I, sold, I, I just 100% back is that whatever level, have a team meeting, before the season starts, set down your rules. Let the parents know your philosophy. Let the parents know what the rules are. <laughs> let the kids know what the rules are. Let them know that if they act, there's your warning. Not in a game. You never no. warn in a game. Now you've now you got 15 other parents who can argue and yell and be warned. 
Your right, warning is at the beginning of the season. And, I'll, and, and Jack, uh, let me uh, let me move on. But thank you as always for, for your, your thoughts. But you know, at, to, to, to to that point, let's talk about this, coaches, parents, youth league administrators. It's a warning. You don't get a second chance. And we know that coaches always have parents uh, meetings before the first practice, and they go over this stuff. And a lot of parents just uh, don't pay attention, or they're not they're not really focused on this. No, I'm telling you, you have to drill home the fact that there's going to be a zero-tolerance policy. And if you are a grown-up and, and an adult and you're out of control at a kid's game, whether it's high school or it's a youth league, whatever it might be, you are gone. You don't get a second chance. I know a lot of high schools these days, there's a lot of code of conducts. Those are for kids, okay? Kids do make mistakes when they're teenagers. But by the time you're a grown-up in our society, you have to know how to behave at your kids' games. And, you know, you have to basically draw a line and say, if you are out of control and you're just uh, making people uncomfortable around you, you're embarrassing yourself and your kids, you are gone for the rest of the season. And you have to enforce that. It's as simple as that. All right, let me take a pause. When I return, we'll go back, talk more about this conversation. We'll talk more to your calls talking about parents out of control. Stay with me. You're listening to Rick Wolf and the Sports Edge on The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hey, don't forget that uh, 9 o'clock this morning, Ed Randall will be by. Of course, he'll be talking baseball. Uh, and always, I, I urge you to pick up a copy of my, my book, uh, Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. You can either get it as in print or you can listen to it as an audio version. You can just go to, right to Amazon and get it right away. Now, next week, I'll be away on vacation, but I have a, a special treat in store for you. <laughs> I, I interviewed my son, John, who was, in effect, a sports parent in training. Uh, he and his wife, Karen, have a little girl named Riley Jane, and I wanted to get a sense of what John had to say about his experiences growing up playing sports and how his generation, how they view sports parenting issues today. And I, I think you'll find his, the interview with my son to be both enjoyable and, quite frankly, full of uh, surprises. Now, before I get back to our talk about out-of-control parents, i got to tell you, I, I've received a slew of calls and emails in the last few weeks from parents who want to know why so many travel and club team coaches uh, use a, a sort of an in-your-face approach with their teenagers. In other words, coaches, you got to listen to me about this. I'm an old-school guy like many of you, but you got to trust me. Basic coaching 101 these days say you never take a 1970s approach to your athletes. Not only do kids today have no way to cope with that kind of hard-edge approach when you get in their face and yell at them, but even worse, they will just wilt on you. This generation of young athletes today, they do not respond to yelling and screaming. Yeah, I know you're thinking like you're just feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm doing the best for these kids. Well, just calm it down. See yourself as a, as a level-headed kind of educator, not as an old-school old coach who screams and yells. Let me remind you that in pro ball today, especially in baseball, you never see a coach get in the face of a player it just isn't done. Why? Because it doesn't work anymore. I'm not sure it worked back in the 70s either, but I can assure you, if you're do, using an old school kind of approach, you just, it's just not going to work. Okay. Now, uh, let's get back to our calls here. one 337 6666 Let's go to Steve right here in Manhattan. Steve, you're on the fan. Ow! 
What's up there, Rick? Hi, on, Steve. And I, I love that other call of ban the kid. And what's next? We ban the kid, and then we uh, steamroll the ball field. And, and back then in the 70s and 80s, there weren't coach, not all coaches screened or anything, but there was a who I called psycho coaches when I was a kid who would deny the kids the water. I would get the water anyway, mm-hmm. but those guys to me were total psychopaths. They shouldn't be around kids ever. And that what's going on today is I really feel that, like, I think the situation in Colorado three weeks ago, yep. the parents are fighting, the woman swinging the bat. Believe me, if you look at the video, that woman didn't need no bat to scare anybody. <laughs> but, but the parents, there are some people out there who have, like, an attitude, and they think it's like a badge of honor. These people are, have to be educated on how to behave when they go to these games all those parents should never be allowed to the games. I'm also believing that uh, we should have police officers at the games well, too now Steve, to, to keep them in con- I was going to say, one of the things I want to bring up to here is that, especially at high school sports in particular, you know, there usually are security guards. Sometimes there are police officers. There's usually the athletic director there. Uh, uh, you know, the point is that if you're at a game and you're a, you're a fan, you're a parent, and you're watching something out of control or has the potential to get out of control, you have an obligation. And, Steve, thanks for the call this morning. You have an obligation as an adult to go to somebody uh, at that event, go to the security guard, go to a police officer, go to the athletic director and say, look, this is getting a little bit too much over the top. It's getting too chippy, not in the field, but on, in the sands, on the sidelines, because you want to nip this in the bud. And again, if there's a zero tolerance policy and approach, people will pay attention and they'll, they'll shut their mouths and maybe they won't like having to basically you know, keep their emotions in check. But we'll get back to a much more civil approach when it comes to our kids in sports. Uh, let's go up to Hamden, Connecticut. Jeff, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Um, I have to say a couple things. One, I go to minor league um, sporting events. Yeah. And even at Yankee Stadium, the first thing they say during the pregame is that you can't swear, basically respect your fans is basically what they say. Mm-hmm. And I've got an approach one time where I didn't swear, but – they told me, well, we, someone said they heard you say something, and I denied it because I didn't do it. Now, when I'm yelling and screaming at the game, if I yell and scream, my five-year-old is going to get upset about it. So that, that's a problem. So I learned to control it, and I think other people should as well. Now, I also went to a, minor, I went to a little, little kid's game, and the parents aren't there. The parents are there encouraging their, their kids. They're not yelling at them. They're encouraging Now, they're five- and six-year-olds, yep. but they're encouraging and that's what they should do, encourage, not swear or do anything like that, because that just gets the kids upset. I'm only speaking from my five-year-old, almost five-year-old, but that's the thing. you got to respect the fans and the kids. Jeff, I, I agree with you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I'm glad to hear that, that with five- and six-year-olds, the parents are there just to encourage the kids. We both know, of course, as the kids get older and theoretically the stakes get higher, although I'm not sure what kind of stakes we're talking about when kids are seven right. you know, or eight years old, uh, but the parents do unfortunately get too much uh, they're emotionally involved in this and, and as though somehow it's not right for their kid to strike out or their kid to make an error or their kid to... Uh, you know, to bat ninth in the order. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it, it, we're losing our perspective on this. These are kids just learning the sport. They're learning to have a good time. They're learning to be what it's like on a team. Uh, and to your other point about when you go to a, you know, a professional major league game, yeah, of course there are, there are signs, there are, there are announcements made before the game to behave oneself and so on and so forth. But unfortunately right. we know that doesn't, that doesn't last very long. 
Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, there, there's a, I saw a TV commercial not uh, just about a week or so ago where it was a wonderful, feel-good kind of commercial where uh, dad was taking, you know, their, their daughter to a, to a major league game and sitting in the stands. And that's a wonderful experience for a dad to take a five- or six-year-old to a game. But, you know, we, we, you take your son or daughter uh, at a young age to, to Yankee Stadium or to City Field or, or to, right. uh, you know, it, it, you got to put earmuffs on those kids because what they're going to hear. Uh, it's, it's really not always a very, very good education. Let's put it that way. Right. Yankee Stadium, when I have the two times I've taken my son, it's been very, I've been very happy because we haven't had any people around us. Mm-hmm. Now, the minor, league, the minor league hockey, when I go, he's been going since he's, since he's a baby. And he knows the game. Nobody swears. And if someone does swear, I've actually seen them actually take those people out. Yes. Well, that's what I said. That gets down to zero tolerance. And it yep. is enforced uh, in, some, in certain rinks. Uh, and particularly uh, USA Hockey has been at the forefront of trying to get uh, parents and uh, spectators to, to obey the rules. Uh, I just believe, and Jeff, thank you uh, for your call. Thank you very morning. much. Rick. You bet, Jeff. And, and you know, I happen to believe, and I keep coming back to this over and over again, there have to be consequences to your actions. If you're a grown-up and you live in the American society, you know you, there are certain <laughs> rules, regulations, and laws you have to adhere to, and if you don't, there are going to be consequences. And if you go to a kid's game at, and you're out of control and say things you shouldn't say or you run on the field, whatever it might be, you're going to be banned. You must be banned, and that has to be put in place and it has to be, nope, not a second chance, nope, no extenuating circumstances. You are going to be thrown out, and you're gone for the rest of the season. Your kid can continue to play. I feel strongly about that. You can't, remember, the kid has to live with the fact that you are his parent. So you can't really <laughs> doubly punish the kid, but you have to make sure that everybody understands exactly what the rules are. And, you know, this is, it doesn't take some guts. It takes some some real, you know, sort of backbone for people in charge to enforce this. If you're in a youth league, there should be somebody whose job is to go around to the various, you know, soccer matches or, or baseball games or basketball to basically just monitor the behavior of the parents at those games. And if they're out of control, they're gone. Uh, again, we've talked about the fact that at the high school games in particular, there's always usually a security guard or two assigned to those games. There are other things in place, uh, you know, sometimes police officers. And we all know, of course, that no matter where you go to any high school in this country, invariably there is a sign. As soon as you get to the athletic fields, there's a sign that's posted, which is very nice and very polite and says, let the kids play, let the coaches coach, let the refs ref. Yeah, I get all that. But you know what? I think the time has come to go a little farther than that. I, I think that sign, that's a nice sign, but has no real impact. I think there should be a big, bold sign with big, bold letters that says something like, warning, if you are loud, obnoxious, and use profanity at a youth or high school sporting event, you will be immediately ejected and banned from all games for the rest of the season. There are no second chances. I know that sounds kind of ridiculous and harsh, but that's where we are these days. I mean, as I said, we've been looking at these videos for over 25 years now where parents are going nuts at kids' games. Put it out there in a big sign and say, this is it. There are consequences. If you're out of control as a grown-up, you are banned for the rest of the season. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, Louie in Long Beach. Hey, Lou, you're on the fan. Hey, Rick, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, oh, great. Uh, I'd like to tell you a little story about what happened uh, talking about consequences in the game. There was a coach who... Uh, who flipped the bird at one of the referees, 
And uh, what ultimately ended up happening was that he got ejected from the game. Mm-hmm. At the game, there was a there was a sergeant of the police department there that ended up filing charges against him for inciting a riot. He ended up going to court and paying all kind of fees to his lawyer to try to get him out of it. So you never know when you're at a game who's watching. And everybody should always be on the alert and, and be on your good behavior at all times because what's going on here is everybody's eyes are on you. I, Louie, that's, that's a, an excellent observation, and, and thanks for that. In fact, let me just reinforce that. Friends, in this day and age, the way it is with electronics everywhere, as Louis says, you never know who's watching your actions. You have to assume that you are being videotaped at every sporting event that goes on, whether it's kids that are five- and six-year-olds playing soccer or high school kids playing football Whatever it might be, you have to assume that your actions are being videotaped by somebody you may or may not know, and that stuff can really come back to haunt you because, like we saw in Lakewood, Colorado, I mean, somebody had a video camera and, or had, had, a, um, had a phone there and just basically taped what was going on. And there, of course, will be serious repercussions to those parents who are out of control. Let's go to uh, let's go to our friend Terry up in Armenia. Hey, Terry. How you doing? Good morning. How are you, Coach? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you, for an old man. We're <laughs> still recovering. You and I are of the same age bracket. Yes. And I do remember the days when we wore coat and tie and kept scorecards. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that much anymore. No, they but don't. One of the interesting things that you prompted me to remember from low those many years, in those days, no one, no one wore any insignia for the team for which they were rooting. That's correct. And that's, that is part of the problem. Another part of the problem is our parents let us go to school, they let us go and play, and they didn't get involved. Yep. If they came to a game, they sat in the stands to be supportive, and they kept their mouths shut. Correct. And I think, personally, one of the problems is that there are all too many parents out there who think that their child, male or female, may have enough talent to be a meal ticket. That's right. And that is not good. The whole point of school athletics, whether it's elementary, high school, or college is to learn to be a team player and to do the best you can. And anybody who loses sight of that is totally off the wall for me and totally out of it. And I'm like you. No tolerance. Terry, I got to tell you, I I, I think this is where we are now in society. And and thank you, as always, for for the call, Terry. Uh, You're most... You know, and, and, you know, this is where we're at. I mean, I, I, as Terry points out, I mean, we're at a point in our society now where, you know, a generation or two ago, this was, this was different. Parents went and they supported their kids playing sports, but parents didn't say much. They would applaud and they would might cheer. But nowadays, as he says, parents now see their kids as potential meal tickets. There was a time when I grew up that, you know, parents sort of said, look, you know, what really is important is your education, uh, sports are fun and exciting and whatever, and maybe you might get a chance to play beyond high school. But the fact is, it's the education 
that's important here. Uh, now, of course, we know that top athletes make millions of dollars, but the fact is that it's still the education aspect, the component. That's going to be the backbone for the, the 98% of those kids who never play in college, uh, even though they may have dreams of playing sports. They need to have that education because that's what it's all about in the long run, because that's what it's going to propel you to having success in life. And uh, you talk, I'm not kidding. I've been blessed and fortunate to spend a lot of time around professional athletes, haven't played myself. I can tell you that, that it's a very, very slippery slope. It's a very short career for most of these athletes. And when their day comes, when they have to walk away from that sport, since they've been released or cut, the fact is that uh, they know they can at least fall back on that education. All right, let me take a timeout. I'll be back. Stay with me. Well, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. Again, I, you've heard me say this over and over again. If you want to put a stop to out-of-control parents at our kids' events, I strongly urge you to come up with some sort of zero-tolerance policy and to enforce it. There have to be consequences that parents have to know that they're going to be called upon if they are really out of control. Okay, that's going to do it. For me, and this edition of the Sports Edge, uh, my thanks this morning to Robbie Rosenhaus. Uh, please stick around for Ed Randall. He's up next. I'll see you in two weeks. Enjoy my interview next Sunday with my son, John. I'll see you then. For an all-star week of Yankees ticket giveaways. Tomorrow, it's the Bombers and Cleveland Indians on August 17th, Tuesday and Wednesday. It's the Yanks and Blue Jays for Marvel Superheroes. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.